Hello and welcome to Square Mile Moments, a new podcast where people talk about the moments that shaped their lives. My name is Louis Strong and my next guest is Ricky Whittle. Ricky, thank you so much for joining me on Square Mile Moments. How are we doing today? We are good. We are good. Thank you very much. We're out here in, in sunny California. Um, I think the locals will be upset. It's, it's dropped below 70 degrees today. So, you know, we're breaking out our scarves, woolly hats. <laughs> the, Can you translate that for my English audience? 25 degrees. <laughs> you know, this, this weekend is looking like it might hit like 20 here. It's look, that's exciting. I, I actually have done good weather over there. Some, some like heat waves. My sister was saying, you know, she's been, she's been getting all sway, but then it bounces back to frost and snow. Well, the good news is you're still very much British at your call because you talk about weather straight away. I love it. <laughs> exactly. It doesn't matter where I'm at, what I'm doing. I will always be like, weather's nice. It's just like back home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I'm having a cup of tea. I know I'm jealous. I, I didn't think to have a, you know, have a cup of tea. I'm, I, I'm, I'm willing to wait five minutes. No, no, it's good. It's good. No, if I have tea, I'll be bouncing off the walls anyway. You don't, you don't want any craziness. I, it's already hard enough to stay in this little box here right now. <laughs> well, we've got the same energy then. Um, so the, the person that I've recorded before with this, weirdly enough, well, not probably not that weird, let's, let's be honest, lives in LA, uh, in California as well. Um, Jensen Button, is there any, do you kind of, just go go to the local shop and just bump into people that are quite big or is it is that not that normal that would imply i leave my house yeah <laughs> amazon prime baby everything's delivered i go nowhere um <laughs> but no serious seriously yeah i mean that's it's one of the great reasons i i, I kind of moved out to uh, la um obviously apart from the fact that this is the industrial hub where all the studios are the, the offices are for casting producers my agents and things um obviously the weather uh mm-hmm. is is unless you're a kardashian or, or or some someone who's courting all that press you know people tend to leave you alone you know in england i found you know, paparazzi would be waiting outside my house, my partner's house, my mum's house, and they'd follow you to work, to the store, to the cinema, to the gym. You don't get that out here. No one cares about you. <laughs> and it's beautiful. You know, I think my biggest flex is privacy, is, is you know, going, moving around like a ghost, like, like you, you used to, you know, before kind of things kind of took off for, for, for me. So out here, it really is relaxing and chill. And you do see much more high profile, you know, celebs than myself. I remember going to a Starbucks once um, and seeing Tom Hanks and Cameron Diaz in the same Starbucks. Not together. They weren't dating or anything. I'm not starting anything controversial. <laughs> um, but they, they, were just, they were just there, just in, you know, uh, Tom Hanks was like sat down uh, on the yeah. side and Cameron was like stood up, like lining up. And I was just like, it, and it was kind of like when I was first in LA, like, so like, must be my, my first year or two. And I'm literally like, hang on a second. <laughs> what is it? This is it. I'm exploding. Like the inner child in me is like, just going like, oh, don't be the stupid kid who goes and gets excited. Like, just play it cool, Rick. Play it cool. It's fine. So, you know, but no one bothers them because, you know, oh, you should have just gone. You should have just tested Tom Hanks and just gone, and he's coming. <laughs> I think if I was approaching any, uh, Tom Hanks would have been, uh, I think, uh, an absolute gold. I mean, that, that human is, is, he's one of the best of us. Oh, yeah. that. What a great guy. I mean, he's literally Tom Hanks in every movie, but you still love him. <laughs> and then Karen Diaz, oh my goodness. Yeah, she, I think that was my, um, she made me a man. You know, when she, when she turned up in the mask, um, I think she changed my life. <laughs> I mean, that's stolen my next question, sort of. You know, are you still starstruck when you do leave the house, of course? I mean, does, is there ever a time where you kind of pinch yourself and you go, this is actually, that, that's pretty cool? Um, to be honest, no. I've, there's, there's only been a couple of times I ever got starstruck. Um, and two of them were the same person. And it was Sir Alex Ferguson, uh, you know, manager of Manchester United. Mm. Um, I played a lot of charity football in the UK. 
and I played at Old Trafford and stuff. And, and I, I went to a lot of events because I'm a Manchester United fan. So I'd always be in like the executive boxes and stuff. And you bump into all sorts of, you know, celebs and, and, and personalities. And I saw Alex Ferguson for the first time in this kind of like conference room. And I grew up obs obsessed with him and Man United and everything, you know, uh, United. And we got the same birthday, New Year's Eve. So in my head, I'm like, okay, just, 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 this is your openness, like, hey, we got the same birthday. No, I'm literally having this conversation while staring at him going, hello, sir, Mr. Ferguson. <laughs> hey, funny story. Uh, like, I, I couldn't have been more geeked out and more childish. I turned into a five-year-old child and he looked at me and the first thing I did was <laughs> melted, absolutely melted, walked away, never, never, didn't go near him the whole night. Didn't go near him. Second time, same again. He was in passing, and like I just got chills and I'm fuzzy feeling. Like I literally turned into a child around Sir Alex Ferguson, and then finally I had this charity game at Old Trafford, and he was um, our standing manager for the day. Um, and he came into the changing rooms and was going. I mean, I was sat next to Ole Gunnar Solskjaer and Sir Bobby Charlton which is kind of crazy, you know, getting changed next to Sir Bobby Charlton with his, you know, his naked balls hanging in your face. It's, it's <laughs> quite an honor. You know, I, I felt honored. Um, it's one of the highlights of my life. And so Alex was just kind of walking around the, 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 the dressing room and just shaking everyone's hand. And like, I'm getting excited. I'm going, do I tell him we've got the same birthday? I'm like, I, I, I just geeked out. I, I like to think I'm a cool dude. And I'm just like, he doesn't need to know you've got the same birthday. Just relax, Ricky. Just say hello. And he came around and, he, and he's just like, good luck today, Rick, uh, Ricky. I hope you have a great game. And I was like, oh, he knows my name. <laughs> I, was so, I was so excited. So Sir Alex Ferguson literally has blown me away every time I've met him. Um, and I think it's like a childhood thing because the only other person, there's two other people. Um, I was on a a chat show. I can't remember what it was called, but Pamela Anderson was the host for the night. Oh. And so I was there early with my PR, uh, my publicist, and I was in the canteen just like chilling with her. We were just going over what I was going to talk about. Um, probably something to do with Hollyoaks or something like that back in the day. Uh, or maybe Strictly Come Dancing. And Pamela Anderson and her entourage walked through the canteen and I swear she moved in slow motion. I heard music. And there was an inexplicable wind that caught her hair. And I was just like, am I literally having a pubescent moment right now? Like, she walked in slow motion. I swear down. It was so weird. And again, she, 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 as she walked past me, she went, hi. And I went, hang on. I was like, so embarrassed. No words came out. A noise just came out. Just a hang <laughs> and my publicist was literally like oh my god i have never seen you like that like because i'm confident i'm always cocky and, and you know and, and chip and the joker the prankster and she was like i have never seen you like that you are speechless i was like i know she must be kryptonite um and then the last one is i was filming dream team back in the day so this is probably the first time i was ever starstruck and as i was um walking through the studios with one of my buddies, uh, um, Tim, Lee, Tim Smith, who played Clyde Connolly on, on Dream Team. And we're walking through Three Mills Studios, which is a famous studio in uh, East London, Bromley by Bow. And he must have been shooting something else, but remember Nigel from EastEnders with the perm back oh, in the yeah. day, like the old school. He walked past and he was like, hey, fellas. And we were like, hiya. And I just turned to, I turned to Tim and went, is it sad that I just got excited that when he said a lot, I got a, he went, me too. <laughs> it, like, it was like the most normal, chilled out dude just walking along, Nigel from EastEnders, and we got so excited by that. It was, it was such a weird moment. Um, but that's the three moments I've ever been, you know, starstruck. And I've met like Britney Spears, Justin Timberlake, you know, Rihanna, all the, all the you know, I, I, I've read with Matthew McConaughey, like, all these people, and I'm kind of chill, but for some reason, those three people really hit me. It was, it was it's an eclectic dinner party, if you had one. Right? Like, <laughs> if, 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 if they're, yeah, if, if that's a dinner party, that's, that's quite the party, you know, it's... <laughs> well, it depends it's on your cooking. <laughs>
Oh, but let's not yeah. go through the menu. Let's not go through the menu. <laughs> good times. Good times. So the exciting thing is about this, this is a new podcast for Square Mile. Uh, and as we were chatting about before, the whole point of it is every person has uh, in their life these key moments that kind of help define who they are, help shape them and mould them, and ones that really stand out, really poignant moments. And those are the ones that we're going to try and catch today. Uh, and so I'm going to kick off by asking you, what was your moment of inspiration? So at any point in your life, I, I always, I ask that one first generally, because I suspect that sometimes that happens when you're younger. So maybe what sparked you to get into acting. However, that could have happened yesterday. I don't know. So your moment of inspiration. I don't know. I mean, are you, are you referring to um, work-wise or just life in general? I think the best part about this is it can happen at any time. So it could be the most insignificant moment in terms of your career, but it could have really helped define who you are. Because you know that there's, there's so many different moments that have inspired me uh, on different levels for, for different reasons. And, and life continues to inspire me um, every day. Um, I'll watch something or I'll meet someone in my everyday life, you know, and, or, or I'll see someone who's going through a struggle and smiling through just getting on with their day. And it puts into perspective everything that you deem a problem in your life. You know, I'm, I'm complaining that my water bill is too high, you know, or, 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 uh, you know, my car's in the garage and stuff like that. And they're, they're walking around with, 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 with one leg or, or some kind of disability or, you know, they might not be uh, as, as, as wealthy and they're struggling with some bills, blah, blah, blah. And they're just going on with life. That inner strength that they have to just kind of smile and keep moving on forward, you know, and, and that, that for me is inspiring is, is, is it's, you can look at all these people who have, you know, material things, you know, that some stuff they've earned or inherited or, or worked their whole life for that's, that's inspiring. Fantastic. If you've come from nothing and you've built something, then that's fantastic. But I genuinely get excited by kind of the innocence of, of children and how they just see the positivity and everything and everything and how they can just entertain themselves. Like I constantly just like, think about my nieces and nephews and how they can just entertain them. So they're due out here on holiday, literally uh, this week, and they'll be happy just with a cardboard box over in the corner. You can buy them all the toys that you, in, that you can think of, but they'll just go and play, you know, cops and robbers over in the garden. And I just, you need that in life as an adult. We forget about it. And it's something that kind of, we let go of in life where simple things amuse us. We, we attach our, our happiness to, a place to a destination to material things. We want that car, that job, that, that dress, that, that night out with a lad, instead of just kind of just being happy, like just breathing, living, being with people, you know, uh, hanging out with your friends, hanging out with, with, with family, you know? And, um, so I feel like I'm, a, I'm an old man now. Cause I, I just, I start just finding things that I used to mock my dad for my dad, you know, I remember this very vividly walking. We were in Hong Kong. I used to live in Hong Kong. My dad was an Air Force uh, yeah. pilot. And I, I was, I was a, an Air Force kid dragged around the world. And I remember we were on our way somewhere. Uh, I can't remember where, but it was for me. So I was in a rush to get there. And my dad was walking behind me because he's a slow walker. And I'm like, oh, dad, come on, hurry up. What are you doing? Hurry up. I've got to get there. And he's like, you're missing it, son. And I'm like, I know we're going to be late. He's like, no slow down, take it in. You're missing it. And it was like one of those weird kind of like Yoda moments. Um, and I didn't understand it at the time, but it's something that I actually remembered like a few years later. And he, he was like, you're missing it. Take it in. Never forget all this. And it was, it was like, what are you talking about, dad? You're just being weird. You know, I was, I was a kid. I was, I was 12 and I'm just 13. I'm just like, dad, you're being weird. Let's go. Um, and I look back on that and it's something I do now. We're so obsessed with the destination and trying to get somewhere that we forget to just enjoy that journey and enjoy every moment along the way. You know, we think happiness is, is, is that destination. No, happiness is, is the life that we're, 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 we're living on the way to that destination. You know, it's how many, how many times, how many times you, you sat in a car somewhere and you have a great laugh in the car with friends, like before you even get to where you're going, you're giggling in the car, you, you go enjoy every moment. And I see that with, with children and, and that's something that I've kind of tried to install in myself now is that just 
that I don't need some, someone or something to make me happy now. I, I find that, that the happiness in everything, the fact that I woke up, the fact that I'm breathing, that, that I can walk to the shower, that I've got a shower, that I've got breakfast waiting in the kitchen, you know, that I'll go and sit on my, on, in, in the garden and I'll look across the mountains and, and the view and, and I'm in the sun. Every single thing inspires me every day because no one can take that from me. You know, if I attach it to someone, they can let me down. If I attach it to something, I could lose it or it could break. So now my inspiration comes from finding the good in everything, finding the, the happiness in everything. And that keeps me positive when times are tough. So if, if work isn't going well or your relationships aren't going well or you're not feeling very well, I can find happiness somewhere that will inspire me to get through that day. So it's finding that inner child, that inner innocence where you can just look at everything wide-eyed, bushy-tailed and just be like loving life, you know? Um, like, like literally, oh, where was it? It was, I was driving around somewhere in, in Hollywood and literally you, you just, I, I just saw this, um, this kid playing with a dog and you know when the dog's got three legs, it had three le- one front leg and two back legs, so it was missing one front leg. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people would put that dog down because it's too much effort, mm-hmm. it's too much hassle. This kid was playing with this dog like it was the best thing in the world, and I, was, I, I felt warm. It made my day. That, I was just like, that dog is loving life, and we're too quick to just kind of cut people down, cut people off, and give up. But this dog is striving on, living this life, loving this life. This kid is loving this dog. It's not looking at this dog going, oh, it's only got three legs, so it's, it's useless to me. They got this bond, this connection, and they were just going at it, just having fun. And stupid things like that inspire me. It, it's weird because, you know, you would say like, oh, it was, a, it was this moment here, and, and it's, it's when, you know, I was working with Ian McShane, or blah, 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 blah. No, it's, it's simple, silly little things that can happen for everyone. It doesn't have to be something, you know, magical and amazing that that's that, that inspires you. you know, I've had de- near death moments, but you know, you, you just look for the positive in life. And that's that's kind of what kind of inspires me each day. I think you're right, because there's life's become so busy and there's always so much going on. We're so um influenced by, you know, you walk down you walk in Times Square or you walk in uh the middle of Piccadilly Circus. There's so much stimulating you. You're hearing yeah. so much, you're seeing so much. And there's a constant distraction and it's a takeaway from actually the reality and the purpose of life. Because there's we're always thinking, well, I need to be, as you were saying, I need to be there. Or and then you get pissed off that you've hit traffic that's actually only yeah. only delayed you about two minutes. And it's like you're not late. At the end of the day, that person's not gonna be that bothered. Yeah. You know, that you're late, but you care so much and then that ruins the rest of your day. And exactly. why, well, why does it do that for you? You know, you've got to, what do you think? You've got 24 hours and you're going to let two minutes ruin the rest of your 24 hours in that day, mm. possibly even into your next day. Like yeah. just live in, live in moments, live in moments. Cause the good moments will pass. The bad moments will pass. Live in those moments and just enjoy them all. That's you know? a really you're good perspective. You, li- you live in a good perspective at the moment. I like it. <laughs> I'm working on it. I'm working on it. I'm, I'm always a, a work in progress. Well, maybe there's a moment that helped spark this change in you. So let's try and find that. We'll try and find it. But maybe you've always been like this. Um, let's, let's go for a moment of... A moment of influence. So some, a time where, be that personal, so is that a, a family member, your father, as you say, uh, anyone close to you, or was it actually working on a set somewhere, or a producer, someone said something to you. So someone that's influenced you and helped you channel that energy the biggest help in my career um this 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 takes me to my career this one and it's terence maynard i'll always um say he's one of the the the, the couple of people who helped start my whole trajectory my whole career he played my dad in dream team a show back on sky one back in the very beginning my very first job and during the audition um, I'd never acted before. I was at university studying law. And during the audition, like, I, I came in and uh, he, it's, it's a father-son scene. We're having an argument. And Terence Maynard grabs me by the chest and like yells at me. And I'm just like, I didn't know you could touch people in auditions. Like, this is my first like, audition. And like, 
I'm like, I didn't know you could touch me. So he's grabbing me and he's yelling at me. And so, so we stay in, 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 in character and we do this scene. And I, but I'm just like, oh, like, that hurts. Like, I'm like, he got me proper. And then when they cut, they were like, that was fantastic. You look really scared. And I was like, thank you. I didn't tell him I was shitting my pants because I was like, how dare you touch me? Um, but he, he kind of got me that job. To be honest, if he hadn't shocked me and scared me into a genuine reaction, they saw a genuine reaction thinking I was acting when it was just, it was real. Um, <clears throat> and so as I started acting alongside Terrence Maynard, who played my dad in, in, in that show, he gave me the best bit of, uh, of, of advice and it was feel everything, don't act it. If, if you, if you, Act happy, act sad. It's going to look wooden. It's not going to look real. Don't care about what your face is doing. Don't care about what your outside's doing. Don't care about what your arms or blah, 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 or trying to look good um, because there's actors who are always trying to look sexy or trying to look, you know, sucking it in and trying to do, you know, visually trying to look apart. He said, everything comes from the inside. If you feel happy, your face will show that. Your eyes will show that. If you feel sad, your face will show that in your eyes or your whole body changes. If you feel happy, it changes your posture. It makes you more bigger. If you feel sad, you can't, you, you kind of go into yourself. He says, if, as long as you keep feeling things, the rest will come. Just don't act it. And that was the greatest advice I had. And then the, the one moment, the magic moment where I just said, okay, acting is for me was a couple of, um, couple of months into, into it. We're working alongside him and we're in a car. So obviously normally you're filming and there's cameras everywhere, crew, and you're, you're very aware of every, everyone and everything. It, take, it takes a village to kind of shoot something. But when you're in vehicles, it's very quiet. And sometimes you don't see the cameras because they'll be off somewhere or out of shot or something like that um, because they're trying to get different things. And you've got microphones in the car or wherever. And I was in the car with, with Terrence and it was a long kind of, emotional scene um and we started this this you know couple of minutes scene talking and we just started i just went somewhere and we went into this scene and everything disappeared i was just straight up just like having a conversation with my dad and we had this scene and the scene finished and i sat in it like i was thinking about what he was saying and it felt it became so real that I was thinking as my character about what he said. And I just sat there in that moment. And then like people started moving around and it pulled me out of it. And I was like, oh, shit, we're, we're, we're filming. Like, and I said to him, I went, I didn't see anyone. Everything disappeared. And he looked at me and went, you're an actor now. And I was just, I got chills. I was like, Oh my God, this is what it is. And it's like a drug. I, I, you know, you, you chase that every scene, you chase that, you chase that where everyone just disappears and it's just you and, and that person. And, um, that was the moment where I was like, yeah, I need this. This is, this is my career now. That's, that's a really cool moment. I've enjoyed that. A couple of a moments. Of, yeah. Yeah. It was, it was a lot of fun. Like literally he changed my whole kind of life direction just by, shocking me in an audition so pulling me away from law and, and into acting and then when we were acting giving me that great advice and just really kind of planting the seeds very early on you know i could have been with someone who maybe wasn't bothered or didn't care or was very selfish but he was such a giving actor you know i'll always give props to terence maynard he's he's my guy great moment now that's that's kind of a positive one and I don't know whether this, the one that I'm about to talk to you about is one that I necessarily want negativity because I know that you're such a hugely positive guy, but I feel like every person experiences doubt at some point in their life. So is there a particular moment of doubt where you maybe came close to quitting acting or you really struggled <clears throat> because of something, um, be that personal or professional? Um, there's two, mo two moments. Uh, well, actually, no, no, I, I guess the first moment wasn't, I didn't, I didn't think about quitting acting. It was, it was just, a, it was just a tough moment that I just worked through, but doubts about acting, if I'm being honest, it's currently, 
you know it's it's since the pandemic to be honest um why is that the pandemic really opened my eyes about just what's important and do i really love what i'm doing where i'm at you know um it's a very tough industry and i've been in it for a long time now and it's a lot of uh you know it, it's it's that old saying you know it, you're, it's 200 no's and one yes you're you're never tall enough short enough uh dark enough light enough you know you're, you know you're too fat you're too thin it's social media is a, a, a terrible um platform now where it was kind of created to kind of bond people and bring people together and now it's kind of just like a troll site where people constantly feel they they're entitled to have an opinion about you and your life you know and when you're in the public eye it's 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 very much kind of they feel that they have a set on how you're allowed to look and who what box that they can put you in and all this kind of stuff you know it's 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 kind of why i i love kind of disappearing from the limelight you know so when i'm not filming I do kind of disappear to my little oasis that I've built here. You know, I've got everything I need, you know, I've got my gym, my pool, my, everything's in the house. And I, I just, I don't need to leave. I don't need to go out there and, and be crazy. You know, my friends, my family, they come and visit. I love life. Um, and during the pandemic, you know, it was, it was the first time in, you know, near, near 20 years of acting that I was able to have a break and relax. And also without worrying that I was missing out, you know, because since I've been in America 12 years, I've never had a holiday. Now, that sounds silly considering I've traveled the whole world and I've been all over the place, but it's always been with work. So I can tell you what every hotel and conference room looks like, um, but I couldn't just tell you, you know, what's, how's the city truly, you know, have you ever spent time truly in the city? Cause it's only, it's usually been a couple of days here, a couple of days there and I've got to go out, you know, or I'm exhausted anyway, cause I'm jet lagged because I'm only in the, in the country for a few days. And I'm going to the next country. Um, and so like, you always feel like if you're going to take a holiday, you're missing out on an audition or research or prep or training because I'm a physical actor and I always kind of, have a certain look that I've got a, um, a certain shape I need to be in. Um, my trainer says I've got to be one good shit away from the front cover of Men's Health. <laughs> <laughs> I love that saying. You just need to be one good crap away from the front cover of Men's Health. Brilliant. I was like, okay, done deal. Um, but since the pandemic, I just got real comfy. You know, I just kind of really enjoyed. I realized I didn't need to be around people. I'm not in clubs. I'm not in bars, you know, restaurants are nice, but I enjoyed cooking. I enjoyed kind of painting a little bit. I started painting. I was learning, you know, learning sign language. It's, it's like just different things that I, would, I was like too busy to take up and too busy to just enjoy because I'm constantly reading scripts, learning lines, traveling, doing all this lot. And I kind of, everything slowed down. And I was kind of like, wow, you know, it's, it's nice. Just, slowing down and relaxing a little bit, not having to be everywhere, not having to go everywhere, not having to be on hundred percent of the time, you know? Um, and then you start to wonder, well, if I don't want to act right now, do I truly love it? I mean, and yes, I do. You know, this, this is the conversations I've been having over the last you know, two years during this pandemic. And it's like, mm. if you're so comfortable not acting, do you truly love your profession? Um, because as an actor, you're often kind of doing what you have to, so you can do what you want to. You know, I got, I got very fortunate with um, like American Gods. Um, it was a fantastic show, you know, and, but you're often kind of auditioning or, or in roles that, you know, it's paying bills, you know, you, you, you kind of just taking those, those jobs that, as and when they come and things, it's about opportunity. You know, I, I guess maybe it was, it'd be different if I was playing Bond or you're, you're a superhero at DC or Marvel. But yeah, I, I, I genuinely kind of thought during, during the pandemic, like, do I want to continue or do I want to maybe retire? You know, I've, I've, I've had a good career and I've, I've made some good investments and stuff. And I can just go and disappear onto an island somewhere and just let it go. Um, 
And it, it might even still be something I do. You know, it's something I'm I genuinely looking at. I looked at properties in, in you know, in, in some third world countries. You know, I just wanted, literally wanted to disappear and just have you, have, what about Have you ever thought about a sabbatical then? You know, go re-inspire yourself, you know, get that. Quite literally, as we were saying at the beginning, could you just go re-get re in touch with yourself again with life? You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I, I, I generally thought about it. Um, what I ended up doing is, is, is deep, digging deep in, into more development. So, you know, building, building your own kind of projects. So I, I've kind of got like a, a TV show and a couple of romantic comedy movies that I'm um, developing. Um, to maybe kind of inspire what work I'm putting out. So instead of kind of going up for other people's visions, if I'm developing something that I'm interested in and that I want to put forward, you know, that where I can decide that I feel there's not enough women or people of color or LGBTQ, trans, all, all the, you know, um, dis disabled, you know, people who, 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 who don't get the opportunities. These are the people that I want in the TV shows because then I feel like I'm making a difference. I'm not just doing a job. You know, I, we sit here on platforms and we talk about, you know, um, Black Lives Matter and the LGBTQ and, 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 and women's rights and all this kind of stuff. And we talk about like, the Ukraine right now, but are we, are we really making a difference? A tangible difference. It's okay speaking about it and, that's, and, that's, and all respect to everyone who does. But you need to see tangible differences. And I think that by getting into this development thing and, and this TV show that I'm developing, you know, um, I've watched so many movies where you've got able-bodied actors sat in wheelchairs. And I'm like, there are actors who are in wheelchairs who will never get the opportunity to play certain characters and roles because of their, um, their condition. And then this role comes up of a char character in a wheelchair and you give it to an able-bodied actor. Get out of here, man. That's ridiculous. So for me, I, I purposely written in, you know, these people who don't get the opportunities you know, in, in, in Hollywood that they do, you know, because we talk about women don't get enough opportunities, which they don't. People of color don't get enough opportunities. You know, the LGBTQ don't get enough opportunities. There's people out there, you know, who, who, who deserve more, a lot more, and, and, they're not, and they need the opportunities too. It needs to be across the board, and we need to start writing for them. And when we start writing for them and trusting them and putting our faith into these, you know, fantastic people, then you're showing tangible change and you're giving opportunity. And, and so that's been kind of inspiring me. And that's what kind of brought me back around um, in this last kind of six months to a year um, where I've been developing this project that I feel can make a tangible difference. And, and so I, I, often, I feel like I'm not just doing a job now, that I'm actually working towards something that could make a difference, um, a difference that should have been done a long time ago. Um, so, you know, I don't need to go away. I, I just, I'm in a fortunate position where I can pick and choose what I want to do. And when I got involved in the, in the development and behind the camera stuff, that seemed to have sparked a little something mm. in me now. So, um, that's exciting. And, and, you know, I'm working on that and, you know, we've got a great project going there. And, and if I can, if we can get the, the right kind of, showrunner and uh and, and uh sell that to the right people then um it's something to be extremely proud of and it's and it's, it's going to be a lot of hard work and, and we're still a ways off but we've already come a long way so mm -hmm. that brought me back but uh yeah during the pandemic i, gen I genuinely thought am, am i done acting well i think that's twofold firstly super exciting about the project almost that's that spark as you say that new moment of potential fulfillment because it sounds yeah. like you know I, i'm a, i'm in a very different position to you but i, I am a, i'm an actor as well and i know only too well that a rejection is part of the job but yeah it's it you know it's it's so poorly done you know at least if i apply for a job say anywhere if you don't get it you'll get a polite email back and probably if you want feedback explain to you why Exactly. Um, yeah, you shouldn't have dropped the, the C bomb in the interview. Like, <laughs> no, but you know what I mean. So at least they'll at least they'll um, at least they'll be honest with you, and you'll get that rejection email back. It's not, 
you badgering them and then ghosting you. Um, yeah. it, it really, it grates you down. And I know that that might, might be me saying, oh, actors have it tough. Not at all. Because of no, course, it, it, when it you're is, on set, you have a very easy life. You're well looked after. But also, as you say, you don't know what country you might be in in two weeks' time. You don't know when you might even be going home. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you've got all these luxuries. But the added side of that is um, the rejection, the travel, uh, and the, chao- the chaotic life. You know, you could be unemployed, or I, I certainly could be unemployed for, you know, five years until I get another job. Yeah, you, 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 you never know. And this, this industry is so fickle and, and crazy that you can lose a job because you're wearing the wrong aftershave or because you remind an executive of an ex-boyfriend. Um, this has really happened to, like, really? to me and friends. Like, I lost a job because I was wearing too much aftershave. And I'm like, you're not going to be on set. Why do you care? <laughs> wow. Um, like, you, you lose jobs for, for a friend of mine. She didn't get the role because she was blonde and the other character was blonde. And it's like, well, dye her hair. Yeah. Wear wear a wig it's if she's right for the role she's right for the role like you lose jobs for stupid reasons and that's the frustrating thing because there's so many great kind of opportunities and actors out there who aren't doing anything and then you'll see so many that maybe aren't necessarily of the level doing a lot um and you never know why and it's it's a it's a there is a lot of kind of nepotism there is a lot of kind of you know if you're in the in crowd then you can do no wrong um and it's all kind of about who you know not what you know in our industry. And that can be very grating and frustrating for people who are working their butts off. I remember going to um, an audition and my, I, I met a friend there and she was, she was uh, about to go into an audition that, that I was coming out. And I, she was auditioning for a role that I know that another friend of mine had already got two weeks earlier. Contracts signed, dinners with the producers, it was all done and dusted. She, was, she had that role. And my friend was coming in today to read for that role. And I'm just like, why are they doing that? Like she's spent all day or all night learning her lines. She's paid her for makeup, travel to the right outfit. She's nervous. She's focused, focused on, this, on this audition to come in for something that's not even available. And as actors, sometimes you're auditioning more than once in a day. She might have sacrificed another job that she possibly could have got because this was a big movie and it's a movie that she has no chance of getting, you know, I've done it as well. I, I've, I've auditioned for stuff that is already given to someone else. I had exactly this. I was literally rehearsing for this film and I got the tape, a tape through and I was like, okay, you know, this is a big deal. It's the lead role in something. I'm obviously going to put in my energy. It was going to be alongside Margot Robbie. And obviously I put in, the work and it was like a hundred lines and you, they said they wanted it tomorrow. You're like, okay, this is going to consume my afternoon and evening, Done. other, yeah. other people's time as well. It's not just mine, all this energy. I put it together, you know, change this, that, whatever. And then I go in the next day and the, one of the actors that I'm literally rehearsing with on this film said, yeah, I just got offered that yesterday. I was like, like, come on. Yeah. And that's, and that's the industry. And that, those are the little hits that, Sometimes they're big, sometimes they're small, but even the small ones chip away at you and it chips mm. away at your confidence and your belief in that everyone's getting a fair shake of the stick. And, you know, you, you don't mind losing jobs as long as you're allowed in the ring t- to swing. You know, I, I just want to get in the ring and swing and, and have a fair swing. Don't put me in a ring when there's no one else to fight. Like, there's, like it's, but that's the industry and it's, and it's very frustrating. And it's one of those things that, like again during the pandemic i was like these are these are things that i just don't like about the industry and it, and it's it's just that kind of transparency where you just like they're trying to tick boxes in mm-hmm. hr you know that it has to go out to everyone when it's like well no 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 they've already penciled in this actor they've already, they've got their list of 3 but they'll put it out to 300 actors but it's only going to go to these three guys you know do you want it no do you want it no do you want it yeah and if they don't want it, then it go. Then the rest of the people kind of have yeah. the opportunity. But it's very unlikely, and especially in you know the current climate now. And it was just little things like that where I'm just like, you know. And I've been on the other side of it as well, where I've been offered stuff that people are auditioning for, and I'm just like, don't make them audition, man. Not if I'm. I already know I've got the role. Like I almost feel like I want to tweet. Don't audition for this role. <laughs> I've got it. 
you know, just to save people all that effort. Uh, it's, it's, it's nuts. You know, it's, it's, it's a strange industry, man. Okay. My next moment then, but I imagine the answer is going to be no to this one, but is there a moment <coughs> of regret, something that in your past you'd change? I mean, I, I try not live with any regrets because it's that cheesy thing that every, everything good and bad has, has made you and brought you to where you are today. You know, if I didn't break my leg, maybe I'd still be a soccer player. Soccer. Ugh, ugh, I just been sick in my mouth. You are not British. Football player. Football. I was talking, I was talking to football yesterday, and so you had to use the S word. <laughs> I feel sick. I feel physically sick. I think we should stop right now. Yeah. <laughs> Have a cup of tea, some Marmite. Oh, I'm just so ashamed. Oh, okay. Okay. What was the question? Oh, yeah, right. So, yeah, if, if I hadn't broken my leg, then maybe I'd, I'd have been a football player um, and not gone into, into law or into acting or anything like that. Um, do I regret that? Yeah, I'd love to have still been a footballer. I was very talented. I was good. I might have, you know, made it, you know, mid, low, prem, championship, whatever. I was, I was very good. But do I regret the life I'm living now? You know, I live in California and I've got great friends and doing really well and I, I love my life. So no, I don't regret that. Um, everything's, you know, you, you, you can regret little things, but I guess the only thing I would have regretted, and it's, it does make me wonder is if, but I always think it's about timing and, and you're meant to be where you're meant to be at any specific time, good or bad. Um, and it's never a mistake. It's, it's lessons. You learn lessons. You don't make mistakes unless you keep making them and then you're just an idiot. Coming to America, I wish I'd have come over sooner. Really? Yeah, I really do. Hmm. Why is that? I, just because I think I could have achieved more sooner, just the way it's set up over here, you know, um, I just, I just feel, you know, I had the opportunity when I was younger uh, through football. Um, I was going to have a, they were going to give me um, a, what you call it, a scholarship over here to play for, um, play football over here for the university. And my mum didn't want me to because I was young and she, she was, she was nervous that it would have been dangerous or whatever. Um, and I just wonder what would have happened if I did come over then. Um, or in my acting life, if I had just, you know, come over sooner, you know, a couple of years, I was, I was kind of just in a comfort zone in the UK when I was mm. kind of sat in, in, in Hollyoaks and I'm and a dream team and I was doing different things. Um, and I just feel that, you know, just even just four or five years sooner, just, just come over, get my feet under the table and, and just, you know, work my socks off. Cause I just felt like, the opportunities were, were, were there even, even sooner. But again, would I have been ready? You know, I was a bit more kind of rambunctious. I was, I was crazy as a kid, you know, running around London in the dream team and then running around Liverpool in the Hollyoaks, you know, we, we, were, we were a young cast, we're out drinking, getting crazy. What would I have been like in America? That would have been, it could have been dangerous. I'd be sat in rehab right now. So <laughs> again, I just think maybe I was supposed to come here at a certain time and I did and, you know, it worked out, you know? So yeah, there's, there's not much I, I regret. I think maybe sometimes I, I'm just too loyal, be that with representation or uh, friends, um, because there's a lot of kind of two-facedness um, in the industry as well, you know, where people are all smiles to your face and they'll quickly stab you in the back. I call them crabs. Because um, if you ever see crabs in a barrel, they'll do whatever they can to crawl over each other to get out of that barrel, you know? And I find that's very much uh, a lot of people in this industry is, is they're all friendly, but if they can get where they need to be by crawling all over you and, and using you as a step, stepping ladder, um, they will. You know, I, I, there's, there's, there's a, an actor who I know literally in my, in my last show who's, who's, who would use anyone to get where he needs to be. And, and mm, I know the side. You know, and so, you know, that's, that's also another reason why I, I want to get into the, into the development and why I've been, I'm working, I'm pushing these, uh, these romantic comedies and this, and this TV show is because I only now want to work with good people on good projects. 
you know, Brian Fuller, Michael Green had a great philosophy on American Gods. Um, unfortunately, after um, this person was cast, no dickheads. That was that was that was their thing. No dickheads, and it's something that I will bring moving forward when I'm developing or producing things. Um, you got to be good people. You know, we 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 talk about you know women, people of color, LGBTQ, um, and and all that sort of stuff, and and we we worry about people who are, who are aggressive or you know. Um, predators and things like that in the industry, you know, where women have kind of been subjected to terrible things. We also need to just get rid of dickheads in the industry. There's a silence. There's an uh, like unwritten word, word rule that you, that you don't just like kick them off set. You don't just get rid of them. And, and there's, there's people littered through, you know, on various levels that are just bad people. Mm. You know, they just, they just use and abuse. They're very self-absorbent, um, selfish. And I just think, just get rid of those people, man. Um, and I wish I'd have just, you know, pulled the, this actor up sooner. Um, that I, I really, you know, just and just just call them out because I, I, again, I, I I try and take the high road and, and you know and be a good person, turn the other cheek, and just be like, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna take the high road. I'm not I'm not gonna cuss you out. I'm not gonna get to a slanging match. But you know what? Sometimes I'm just like, yeah, no, no, you don't deserve to have that kind of that silence. You know, sometimes I should just call you out, and I, I have done in the past. You know, with with um, a producer, the, the, the producer in, in the hundred, when I was just sick and tired of the, of the craziness that I was being subjected to, and I called him out on it. You know, and um, fortunately, the fans kind of got behind me, and, and it was it was nice to see that support. And it was before all the Me Too movements and all these kind of things kind of came out. Mm. Um, but yeah, but it still happens. Like I say, in, in American Gods, there was still, you know, someone who, who, who fabricated lies and, and false accusations to try to further their own financial gain and, and, and status. Um, <clears throat> it happens. And again, like we were advised to just take the high road and not just come out with everything. And I'm just like, oh, I'd love to just tell the truth because Everyone believes the, the, the first narrative. It's very Trumpy, you know, yeah, like how yeah. it, where you, you put out a false narrative and because lies travel faster than the truth, that becomes accepted so that when the truth comes along, people don't even care at that point. They've, they're already gone with that first narrative, the false narrative. So, you know, you just, you just let it go. But uh, yeah, I've, I, I only regret kind of calling people out um, a lot more. No, we like that. It was good. Uh, we got deep, but we, we like that. But the one, the one that I do want to talk to you about, I feel like we've already touched on. I feel like moment of peace. I feel like you very much were content in lockdown uh, and that life that you did have because you realised actually, with this perspective that you have, you you are comfortable in everything and grateful as well of everything that you do have. So whilst there are those frustrations that are that exist in this industry and that are most definitely very difficult to iron out, there might be some inner peace for yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think I, was, I definitely haven't been this peaceful um, with life, you know, just, just where I'm at, you know, where I don't feel like I, like it's, <laughs> I call it the fuck it gene. The fuck it gene is the best thing you can ever do. Women get it faster than men because women are more mature than men. So women get a kind of early 30s. They start to understand who they are. They stop messing around with fuck boys. They don't mess around with dudes who are just playing them around. They're just like, I got no time for you, little man. Guys kind of get it later, late 30s, maybe probably more into their 40s. Um, and it's just like where you just stop feeling the need to please everyone and you stop working. And it's, not in a nasty way, but you don't care what people think. Like, so if people are like, do you, want, do you want to come out? I used to go, oh, you know, I've got, I've got an audition tomorrow, so I've got to learn lines. I'd make up excuses, or I'm not feeling well. You make up excuses to not do stuff because you don't want to hurt people's feelings. And then I got to a certain age where I was like, no, nah, I just don't want to. <laughs> Fair. And people go like, why? I go, I just don't want to. So, like, oh. Are you, are you doing something? No, I'm just going to sit on the sofa and watch TV. Just gonna do you want to come out? No, I don't want to. 
okay. <laughs> and like, I just start coming at people with honesty and things that I want to do and I don't want to do. And that fuck it gene is just so awesome where you just don't care what people think. You don't care what people want you to be. You know, you're just happy in yourself. Um, and during the pandemic, it was literally just like, oh, there's a couple of us are going to go and do this. And I'm like, nah, I'm good, thanks. Well, but you're all by yourself. I'm like, yeah, it's cool. <laughs> it's good. It's, it's, I'm good. I'm okay with that. You know, pandemic, I'm fine. I'm, I'm good. I'm not a scientist. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to not be part of the problem. If I stay in and just relax, I know I'm not hurting anyone. I'm good. I'm okay. But people had to be out. They're like, no, but like, I, I, I hate, you know. Busy bodies. I miss people. I miss going here and doing this. I'm just like, sweet, then go and do you. I'm not criticizing you. That's fine. If that's what you want to do, go and do it. I'm, you don't need my permission. You know, like people freak out, like, cause I don't drink anymore. I've not drunk for about 10, 12 years. And they'll be like, well, I can't drink if you're not going to drink. I'm like, why? Like, well, cause it's weird. I mean, why, why do you need me to drink for you to drink? If you want to drink, have your drinks. I'm just saying, I'm not going to have a drink. You need to relax and stop worrying about what I'm thinking or everyone's thinking. Just do what you want to do. And so, yeah, I, I'm just in a real chill place, man, where it's just like, whatever happens, happens. Life happens, man. Just relax about it. We love it. We love that. I hope the that's not the fuck it, Gene. Yeah. Everyone needs one. I don't know. I feel like I need to grow into mine a little bit more. But that's I, 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 I don't know. Are you do just, you do just, um, I mean, this is slightly more related to my, my other podcast that I do, but it's kind of like in terms of just going out and being very aware that you think in your own mind that people are looking at you, constantly observing you, judging you. Actually, it's you thinking that they're doing it, but they're probably thinking exactly the same thing about you walking past yeah. them. And actually, ultimately, no one really gives a shit about anybody around here, especially yeah, random people, strangers and stuff. So why bother caring? You know, I quite happily went to Tesco's the other night wearing my tracksuits, uh, the most horrific hoodie ever, and my zebra <laughs> Crocs. And I was getting some weird looks, but I genuinely, in that moment, I was like, Fuck. Crocs and zebra in the same... Oh, they're zebra Crocs. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I know, I know. I mean, I can't believe I put that in the public domain now. That's outrageous. <laughs> and they're fluffy. I'm not going to lie. I'd be judging you. I'm not going to lie. I'd be judging you. <laughs> but, well, I'd also, but I'd also be like, fair play, man. Rock it. Fine. I'm cancelling <laughs> the order. I was going to send you some, but whatever. I'll rock them for you, man. I'll rock them for you. That's so good. <laughs> All right. My, my last moment that I want to talk to you about is your moment of euphoria, your, your moment where, you know, your favorite moment ever. So if you were on death's door or you're about to be put in the electric chair, whatever it might be, you've got this one moment where you just went, do you know what? That was quite simply the best moment ever. Be that a phone call for a job I don't know, uh, being told that you were going to be an uncle, whatever that might moment be, uh, the true moment of euphoria. You know, I mean, yeah, I can talk about like, just like, there's, there's career things like where I, I, I ate in a restaurant with a billboard of my face on, on, above it. And it was a restaurant that I used to eat in when I first came to Hollywood and was like, I'm going to have that billboard. And then I was sat in it, the restaurant, and I was on the billboard and I took the photo and I was just like, that's a surreal moment. That is insane. That is like, I, I manifested that. I didn't do it, but it was just cool. But I've got, I've got to be cheesy, man. The best moments of my life, like, again, is, is, it's like family. And my brother, I'm very close to my brother and sister. Like when we were kids, like I've, I've got a scar. I mean, you probably can't see it here, but I've got a scar on my forehead where my brother smashed my head in the coffee table and he's got a matching scar on his head where I've smashed his head against the wall. Like we used to fight like, like UFC fighters. Like my mom used to just like sit like reading her books and her papers and stuff like, and then moving her feet because she'd have the boys rolling around the floor, like going in, going at it. But as we got older, we got closer and we got tighter and, and you know, he became like my best friend and um, he was with his, um, his partner is his uh, fiance for, for years and years and they wanted to get married and, and it, it kind of hadn't worked out because things came up, you know, like big tax bills or they had to like redo the house and, and they, were, they were extending the garden and they, they were doing all these kind of things that were financially kind of stopping them from just getting married. And 
you know, um, I was in a position where I was, where at Christmas, I surprised them all with, um, with a wedding, basically. And I flew them, their parents, our parents, and our family all out to Jamaica, where we've got other family. Um, and I literally paid for them all to fly to Jamaica to get married because she deserved it because she's an amazing woman. She deserves a big wedding because, you know, she's, she's been through a lot and, and she's part of our family and she had been for years and I, she deserved to have her day. And my brother deserved to have his day, you know, and, and I wanted to do something for them that, that brought them, you know, that unity and, and that special moment. And when my brother was, was stood next to me, because he obviously he, he made me his best man. Uh, if he didn't, I mean, I would have... I should hope him. so, yeah. That's, yeah. <laughs> You'd have gone full Will Smith. Oh, full Will. He would have been rocking for sure. Um, and then I saw uh, his, his, his now wife kind of coming down the aisle, and then they were like together. And then I could see my mum in the background, and she started going. And then my dad started going and I'm literally trying to be best man. And I'm just like looking down and I'm just like getting like, my heart is pounding out of my chest. I'm not even getting married. My brother's getting married and my heart is pounding out my chest. And I like, I'm, I'm getting some tears and like the wind is blowing as well a little bit. Cause you're on the coast, you're on the beach. And so the wind's getting me. And so that's making my eyes water. And I'm just like, Oh, don't do this. Don't do this. Man up. Be, be strong. It's not even your wedding. It was the most magical day of my life because it was the happiest day of his life. And he, he's never been so happy. And they had this magical moment. And I felt so proud because I was able to kind of contribute to that and be there for that moment. And all our family was there. And so my mom and dad who are divorced, but they came together obviously because their son's getting married. My sister's there with all her kids. And I'm just there watching my brother like become a, like a, a good man, a, a husband. And, and his son was there and his daughter. And it's just like, it was just such an incredible moment. Like I will take that to my grave as the greatest thing I've ever done or achieved in my life. And it wasn't my get, me getting married, but the fact that I was able to contribute and make that happen. There's nothing in, in, in this world that'll, that'll top that, you know, even if, even if I got married, you know, it's, me being able to do something for him. Like I'm getting chills now. It, it just makes me warm inside. It makes me so happy that we, we all were able to share that moment. And that's, that's probably the best moment I've ever had in my whole life. Such a magical moment. I think you've nailed it there. It's some of those best moments in your life. You want to share it with the best people around you. And it doesn't matter how good a job was, how much money you got for it, or how cool it was to say mm. that you did this, did that. It's the simple things. And, it's, yeah. and, and also, do you know what's so selfless about that is, and I'm not trying to rub smoke up your ass, blow smoke up your ass, but it's like you did that for other people. And you're, as you said, you're not even the one getting married and that still is your best moment. And that's what's really cool yeah. about that. Yeah, um, like, I, I literally, I feel, I feel I'm, buzz, I'm buzzing now. It, it's, it's so great. It's so great. And like I say, I was the one who, who, was, who was tearing up, like my brother. My brother was fine. And I'm just like... <laughs> he, was just, he was just thinking when the next rum punch was coming. Yeah, he was just like, let's get the drinks on. Um, <laughs> oh, well, you've, you've, just, see, you've just made my day now because now I'm going to be thinking about that all day. And I'll, I'll probably, I'm probably going to FaceTime my brother now. Tell him you now, love him. Now, now I miss him. You know, it's, it, we have to. That's what we have to do, man. We've got to tell people we love him because that's the thing. Those are the moments you, 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 you'll, you'll miss. Is, is we can all get jobs. We'll all get money, get those nice material things, a great watch, great car, whatever. Mm. But we don't get back that time, man, with family and friends, you know. So yeah, you've 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 inspired again. There you go. You've inspired me now to go and speak to my family today and, and just. Send I try them my best. Love. No, I, I I appreciate it, man. You've no, been my no, dad. I'm joking. I've had a good morning. Yes. Well, well, I'm happy. Well, look, Ricky, thank you so much for joining me on this. It's been an absolute pleasure, of course. I feel like I could have picked out a billion moments uh, with you. It's so easy to talk to you. But thank you so much. No, I appreciate it, buddy. You have a great day, and uh, thanks for taking the time, man. I appreciate it. And that concludes this episode of Square Mile Moments with Ricky Whittle. 
massive thank you to Ricky for joining me on the podcast. I really appreciated his honesty and chatting to him about some of the key moments that have defined his life. If you have enjoyed the podcast, please do hit subscribe, give us a rating and share it with any family and friends. I'll see you next week for another episode of Square Mile Moments.